Welcome everybody, it's absolutely great to see you. So, and those of you who are joining us from home as well, this is Mother's Day in England, and I know a lot of people around the world seem to celebrate it in May, but UK have this date in March, so it's great to see you. Okay, really random fact, just, just for fun. Did you know in the Welsh alphabet, because I'm originally from Wales and I'm Welsh heritage, there are 29 letters. And uh, we, we don't have some letters. We don't have a K and a Q and a V and an X and a Z. But we do have some other letters instead, like a ch and a sh and a f and a l. So, and uh, you know, some of those letters are, they're, they're genuine, I'm, all right? But that is of total irrelevance and irreverence, probably. But the Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters in it. Did you know that? And it doesn't have any vowels. They're all consonants. And I don't know Hebrew at all. That's just what I've read, okay? But um, that is like a, a prelude to what I want to say. So I was looking at Pro, uh, Proverbs 31. It's a great proverb. It's the last proverb in uh, the book of Proverbs. And uh, the second half of the proverb has got 22 verses in it, and it's all about um, a wife of noble character. The, the 22 verses all start chronologically with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So maybe if we read it in Hebrew, we would understand it. But of course we wouldn't because I don't know how to read Hebrew. So that is where my message originally started from. Nothing to do with that in that sense, but there was a verse in there. And it's verse, um, it is verse 25. So if you look at verse 25, it says, she is clothed with dignity and strength. She can laugh at the days to come. And that word dignity just jumped out at me. So I want to base my talk today to you about dignity. Because we, we all need to be dignified in our life. But right at the beginning of, the, um, of that chapter, King Lemuel's mum was talking to him. And it says that King Lemuel's mum taught him something good. And she taught him these first nine verses. We don't know if she taught him the rest of it about this. But it's, it's quite likely because it's like a poem. But it doesn't say that. So that's not um, as read. So you have to just, I don't know or not. But he talked, his mum talked to him in the first part to the king. Listen, watch out. Watch out for how you treat women. Watch out how you spend time and money on women. Don't drink. If you, if you do, then uh, if you get drunk, then you lose all your sense of of accountability and basically she's saying all the way through about this, dignif this dignified state and uh, but make sure you uphold the rights of the destitute make sure you judge fairly defend the rights of the poor keep but keep a clear head and a fantastic teaching and uh, but that's not what I want to teach about I want to teach about the second half but it was a, it's a great chapter that's what I want to tell you about it's a great chapter but you know what all of this is great you know it's all great when you read it in context it's absolutely great so, um, dignity. The actual definition of the word dignity is self-worth, respect, self-respect, worthiness, nobility of character, integrity. And actually, the word integrity and dignity are, are very much linked um, when you look at them both. Yeah. We need to be people who are dignified. And it's a bit like... Um, just a pure godly message today. I just want to tell you, let's get our acts together. Let's just be total. Uh, if anybody was to look at us, could they say they have a godly character? They have a godly character. And that's where I want to come from today. So that acrostic 
of the, um, the t those 22 alphabetical uh, verses in Proverbs 31. I want to do an acrostic of dignity, all right, for you today. And that's where my thoughts all came from. Uh, how can I explain about dignity? And this came to me. So the first letter, of course, is a D. And it's called dignity, all right. Did you know that uh, the word dignity, oh, sorry, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. The first D is for devoted. Right? Devote. Can you think about that? Devoted. I was pausing because I was thinking about it. Sorry. I need to keep speaking, not have my own private thoughts. <laughs> I think because, um, like, you know, my mum, my mum passed away quite recently. And when you stop and think about it, and the devotion that a, a mother gives. And my mother was devoted to her family. And uh, we, there was four children, and she didn't go out to, out to work after she gave birth to us. She stayed at home and was a, and was a, a mother in the house. And um, I was just thinking about the, the, her devotion, and I was thinking about my devotion to God. And the biggest thing, you know, that we can do is be devoted to God. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, really says it quite starkly, all right? No one can serve two masters. Either they hate one and love the other, or they'll be devoted to one and they despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. We can't serve both God and anything, you know, uh, pride or ambition or whatever. But you know, in... Um, but there's another verse in the Bible that says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So you see, if we, only, if, we, if we get our act together and just show our devotion to the Lord, did you know that the things, the secret desires of our hearts will all fall into place and, and God will, doesn't deny us anything at all when we're devoted to him. But we could be devoted to God, to our families and to other believers. And the Bible's pretty strong on them. I mean, if, if I was to read you those 22 um, verses of Psalm 31, it's, nothing, it's all about this woman who's totally devoted to her family. Even if you're single here, or you've had some family, even if you're single here, hopefully you're part of a church family or part, or part of a, a friendship network. You can be devoted. It doesn't exclude anybody. And I'm not just talking about women either. We all need to be hearing all of this. You know, be devoted to your family, spend time with them, and do what the Bible says. If you're not a Bible scholar, then um, get a Bible and read Proverbs chapter 31, and forget about the wifey bit of it all, and just read it and, uh, and believe for it. Because actually, in here, the, the wifey bit of it all, it's, it's very cultural for the time of when it was written. So, you know, the wife doesn't have to stay at home. And it's not just the wife that has to get up early and do everything, and then go to the market and sell everything, and make all the food, and do this, and do that, and do the other. It's we need to. If we, if we, if we love our family, then we need to, okay? There's a lot of we in the Bible, all right? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to fellowship, to communion, and to prayer. So, that's where church really does come in. You know, get yourself to church. You all are here. And if you're watching online, thank you for watching online. But whenever you can, physically come. It's great to have the fellowship together here in the building. Devote yourselves to what the, to what the Bible says, actually, because it really does help you. And to fellowship. You know, we really build each other up. 
yesterday morning, um, there was um, a few of us ladies were in the building here. Some of them, you know, we have some great um, bakers in the church, and you're all going to get a treat later, women only. Sorry, men. And, but a, f- a few women were here yesterday, and we were icing the buns and decorating the buns and, and uh, making it all nice. And we had a, then we sat down and we had a great time of fellowship. And we, were, we didn't particularly talk about the Lord. But you know what we did? We had a heart connection. We had some fellowship. And it builds you up, I tell you. So enjoy fellowship with each other. Communion, that's why at least once a month we try to do communion in the church service. And I know quite a few people in your small groups or if you're meeting together. It's a, it's a thing that the Bible tells us that we should do often. So do it. And to pray. And I hope we all do that every day at least. And, and together. And then in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, it says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. We're not better than each other, right? We're just different, you know? The whole world is full of different people. And I'm very different to anybody else. Did you know that? And you are very different to me. And I know some of you are really different. But uh, God loves us all, all right? So let's just honor each other. You know, we all are good at doing different things. You know, I did not ask Pastor Ian to come here yesterday morning and bake with us and decorate cakes. It's not his forte. But he went to Costco to go and buy your pastries for you lot to come to the early service. All right? Because maybe that's not his forte either because you never know what he's going to come home with in that trolley. And actually, he actually blessed some ladies today because I was up by the, by the cafe counter. And so I said, yeah, the chocolate twirls, yeah. And, and I don't usually buy them just because, well, you know, I hold the, pur- the purse strings a bit tighter, you see. Uh, but have fellowship, enjoy each other's company, and especially the household of faith. Let's be devoted, to, firstly, to God, because then if you do everything first to God, he helps us with everything else in life, absolutely everything else in life. All right, I'm getting on with my acrostic now. So D, the next one is I, integrity. So integrity is the word I've chosen, and it's very, very similar to uh, dignity when you look at all the uh, explanations. But you know, there's a a verse in in Kings, and it's a great example. This is a challenge from God to Solomon, all right? And it says this. Solomon, if you walk in integrity of heart and uprightness, just like your dad did, his dad was called King David, then do, and if you do all my commandments, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne forever. I mean, what a wonderful promise. But every promise that God gives us, it's when we're devoted to him. So basically, uh, God was saying to Solomon, so if you devote yourself, look at your dad, great example. Are you hearing that, everybody? Be an example, because people do follow examples. Little children follow examples, neighbors, peers, we all follow examples. Let us be the great example in whatever area of life it is. And, and for Solomon, he was encouraged especially to have integrity of heart and uprightness. Um, but then he also was asked to observe the commands and the laws, and then God would do something great for him to establish his throne. And, you know, there's um, a guy in the Bible, and I love the book of Job, and there's a whole book of Job, and he goes through dreadful, dreadful trials to Job, and uh, the Satan really has a go at him and takes everything away, ex- basically except his wife, all his riches, all his children, and everybody. And yet, it's in Job 27, verse 5, it says, after lots and lots of awful things, I will not deny my integrity. Can we say that? Can we say that we won't deny our integrity when something's going wrong and you have a choice? 
and sometimes that is really tough in life. I mean, you, you will have even think of situations in your life, even right now, where you've had to either hold fast or actually you've failed. Don't worry, grace of God is there all the time. So don't just, uh, do, don't just say what the Bible says, do it. So walk the talk. Let's trust in broken relationships, everything. They're, they're hard, they're tough, and it's hard to get them back. You know, with a, with a trust, but you know, when you've broken some sort of integrity for yourself. But the grace of God is always sufficient, is it not? All right. D-I-G. G, I've chosen the word godly or godliness. How could I not? Because he is the author and finisher of our faith. You know, what we're doing here for unless we're, we're, unless we're in love with Jesus, in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. So in 1 Timothy chapter 2, there's a, a, quite a few verses here, and, and it's Paul... Um, the Apostle Paul, he's talking to Timothy, who's a younger man. He's trying to give him some instructions. And these instructions are great for all of us. Are you ready? I urge you that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. So he, he's encouraging this guy to get on and pray for everybody. Request, um, thanksgiving is included in all of that. For, and then he, he even gives him more ideas for kings and for those in authority. That, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life with all godliness and holiness. So how do you live peaceful and quiet? Because it's a topsy-turvy world out there. If you're godly, if you're holy, then peace and joy and contentment will come. And again, if you're devoted to God, every time if you're devoted to God, if you stand up strong, have integrity in your life, and um, God will see you through. Godliness is so wonderful. Then... Um, Later on, on in verse 7, um, Timothy's um, helped again. And he says, train, train yourself to be godly. Now then, physical training has some value. So get on the bike, go out for the walk, get to the gym, do it all. Because it has some value. But, I love the but, because <laughs> it helps me out. <laughs> but, godliness has value for all things, all right? So it's okay to do those other things, they are important, but even more so godly, because that's got value for everything, all right? 1 Timothy um, chapter 6, so these are all from Timothy, because I just loved how Paul was, was teaching Timothy here, and I just I was going through it, and I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, this is in chapter 6, and uh, some verses from 3 and 4 and 6 and 11. It says, if anyone doesn't agree to godly teaching, oh, so this is a bit of a negative one now, right? If you don't agree to do do godly teaching, you're conceited, and you understand nothing. So basically, if you think your way is better than God's ways, uh, well, you're onto a loser right from the beginning. It leads to controversies, it leads to quarrels, it leads to envy, it leads to friction, it leads to strife. And, you know, often even in like a personal marriage relationship, if we're arguing about something, if you were to go back, back why? It's probably because one of us, me, I'll have to say me, won't I? I can't blame him. Is being a bit conceited or is envious over something or I just think I know it all. You know, maybe it, I didn't in the first place. So, but, you know... When we're, when we're not godly in our attitudes, that's the sort of thing that happens and leads to. Don't get bogged down, it says, with the pursuits of riches. 
and then it gives you some more information, and then it says, flee from all of it. Go, you know, just leave all that alone. Leave all that, all that stress of life alone, trying to do good, trying to get rich, trying to work out this, trying to work out that. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue endurance. Pursue gentleness. And that word godliness is all part of that. And I just want us to be a godly people then we are in the right place for God to use us to help this world out there. Hold on to the good things. You know, it's so easy to get drawn in to disputes and quarrels. It really is very easy. Uh, and so easy for the temptation of money or fame. Let's not lose sight of, uh, of godliness in it all because that will actually steer us back into the right place again. All right, D-I-G-N. N, I've chosen the word noble. The word, meaning of the word noble is righteous, virtuous, good, honorable, honest, upright. There's an awful lot of adjectives I'm getting through today. You know, these are all great adjectives that we should all aspire to. Um, so in, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says this, Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think on these things. I mean, that, that was a very similar uh, like list to the actual nobility list. You know, you could be, if you're a noble person. There's a story in the Bible of um, Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. It, there's a book of, uh, in the Bible called Ruth. And Ruth was a great character. And uh, she had, her, her husband had died. And uh, her mother-in-law's husband had died. And they were, went back to another country. And she found this guy called Boaz who was kind to her. She eventually married him, but that's the end of the story. She was, uh, he was kind to her. And she was worried about, because uh, she was working hard. She was a, a great woman. She was working hard to try and support herself and Naomi as they'd moved back to this foreign, Ruth's foreign land. And Bo Boaz said something to her in Ruth 3, verse 11. Boaz said, everyone in my town knows you're of noble character. So she didn't need to worry. So he said, don't, you don't need to worry because everybody in my knows about your noble character. Do people know about your noble character, about your devotion to God? Are you dignified in the way that you um, hold yourself so people can see all these wonderful characters coming out? I mean, that's what happened for Ruth here. They had seen something. She, hadn't, she was just a very, very, very lowly person. No spotlight whatsoever. And yet, Boaz was able to reassure her. People know your noble character. You don't need to worry. People will be kind to you. You know, in, in, in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown. So you see, I can see actually lots of crowns on you guys today because you have got a wife of noble character. Yeah? Well, it means that you can stand up proud and you can introduce your wife uh, greatly, you know, and it's, uh, so it's your that's wearing the crown, guys, not the women. Um, okay, I want to tell you about another parable in the Bible, all right? Well, a parable in the Bible. So there's, Jesus is talking about it, four types of seeds. He's got, well, he's going to drop four seeds on four different places. He drops them on the path, he drops them on the rocks, he drops them on the thorns, and he drops them in good soil. And then he explains what happens to the seeds as they grow in these four places. But in um, Luke chapter 8 and verse 15, this is the explanation of the seed that falls in the good soil. 
We don't need to work about the others. Let's just not be like those characters. The seed that fell on the good soil, that stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and then by persevering, they produce a good crop. And what I loved about that was a noble and a good heart. Yes, I like that because it fitted into what I was saying. But then you've got to hear the word, you've got to retain it, and then you've got to persevere. Because, you know, that's what growing crops is all about. You have to wait, 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 wait. Don't you know, like right now, everything's popping up. You know, they, the bulbs of the hyacinths are just coming up. The snowdrops are already out. The daffodils are there. They've had a battering with the snow and they're trying to stand up again. You know, everything's at a different season. Persevere and the, the plants will grow. But you persevere in your life and a crop will grow. A crop of good character will grow. A crop of um, you being a wonderful testimony to the Lord will grow. You will be a great person. Um, if, if our seed falls on good ground. So be, a, be somebody of a good and a noble heart. All right, N, D, I, G, N, I, another I, inspiration, inspire. All right, think, who can you inspire? Here we go. In Proverbs 31, chapter one, this is the chapter I was telling you about at the beginning, and this is um, Lem, King Lemuel's mum. He said, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired up utterance by his mother. All right. So, mums, people, who are we inspiring? Are we inspiring them? Because then, then she gave him this discourse about um, checking out the need, you know, making sure that the needy are looked after and giving a voice for them and not getting too drunk that he couldn't then rule properly. So, who are we inspiring with the things that we say? In Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 40, it says this. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. This is uh, God giving a prophecy to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is now talking it out. All right, so the, these people are listening to this. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they'll never turn away from me. That is God. He's going to inspire us. So, we need to get that love of the Lord inside us to inspire other people. So much so. So, you know, those who are in families, we have such a... You know, it can be overwhelming sometimes that um, we have this burden on us. You know, if you've got a lot of children or if you've got... A, you know, if you're, you're, the care package that you're having to give out is huge and, and, and humongous. For some people, it's very weighty, their care package that they're giving out day after day after day after day. But, you know, with, with God, with the love of God, with the help of God, with all godliness and all these characters, we can still be an inspiration to every single one of those people who, um, who, who we come into contact with. Let's inspire people to love God so that they will fear him and never turn away from him. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and we'll, we'll inspire people together. All right. So the next uh, verse I want to share with you, this is Paul, Silas and Tim, young Tim. They're, uh, they're on a mission. And they've been, they've been to Thessalonia, and now they're going to, they've sent a message. I guess it's Paul that's written it, but it's from the three of them. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3, it says this. We thank God we always for you. We remember before our God and Father, your work, you it was produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love that. You know, it was using those pictures of faith, hope, and love. And you know, in January this year, um, we had a whole sermon series about hope, hope in the Lord. And this one, you know, this one says that your endurance was inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. If we have a hope, 
we can be inspired by it. I hope we were all, I hope we were all inspired during the whole of January by hope, our hope in the Lord. And, um, you know, that, and then for the work for the Lord, you know, we can do it. Inspire other people. Be inspired by, for yourself from this wonderful word, from the love of God who just pours out his love to us continuously. You know, we can be overwhelmed by his love and his, his goodness to us, um, shown through his people, shown through his word, shown by our, our inner feeling, shown by the Holy Spirit that prompts us all the time. It's wonderful. Okay, D-I-G-N-I-T. So, temperate. T for temperate. You know the meaning of temperate? It's self-control, gentle, agreeable, moderate, restrained, maturity, all of those things. We can, be, can you be temperate in your life? You know, it's often um, there's a temperance movement and you just think immediately, oh, it's for, don't get drunk. Well, yeah, don't get drunk, you know. It's, that's good because then you're out of, out of your own control. But in, and the next few verses now are from Titus. And this is some teaching to Titus. And it's, say, it's helping Titus to teach other people. So I want to encourage you all, listen to these words so that you've, you've got it in your head to share with other people. Teach sound doctrine. So always, whenever you're chatting to somebody, base it on the word. Teach the older men to be temperate. That's where the word comes. Worthy of respect. Sound in faith. Of love and endurance. Then teach the older women to be reverent in the ways that they live in. They can help the younger ones. Teach the same to the young men in verse 6. And then in, and then in verse 7, in everything, set them all an example to what is good. Set people an example. It's our responsibility in our dignified state to set a great example to everybody. There's a great run of verses showing there an example of how you can do things. And that's what I liked about that. And then why, for the end of dignity, the why, I've chosen yourself. Because this is really important, a really important point. You, so many of us can feel and do feel pretty worthless sometimes. Pretty like you didn't make the mark. Doesn't matter, in God's eyes, you're the one. You're the one in God's eyes. Never forget that. All right. Think about yourself. Think about how you need to look after yourself, especially those who have a full care package going on. I was telling you about, you know, some people who are really bogged down with care for other people in their family situations or whatever. Make sure that you check yourself out. You know, you are the number one person. If you're no good, how can you give out to other people? All right. So a bit of self-care is great being mindful of your own limits and your need and needs and ensure that your own physical, emotional and well-being and mental state is in, is, is in good shape. But in the same way that the scripture said, do you remember I read that scripture and it said, physical training is good, it has some benefit, but, do you remember it said, but godliness has value for all things in the same way. The worldly self-help is absolutely great, but in the same way, Godly self-help has value for all things, including, including your own mental well-being, your own emotional state, your own tiredness state, etc. And there's some absolutely fantastic verses all the way through the Bible, but I've chosen some to help us. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Rest. Oh, we had a sermon about rest recently. Matthew 11 verse 29 says this, take my yoke, 
It's the next verse, actually, on. Take my yoke, learn from me, and you'll find rest for your souls. See, Jesus took time out. He went up a mountain and he prayed, took time out to be by himself with his father, to regroup himself. You know, and if uh, sometimes life's too busy, but we, we all need to find some time to do that, especially with the Lord. There's a, then here's a whole run of verses now. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shan't want. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength and my shield. God is the rock and my refuge. The Lord is a light to my path. And on and on it goes. I told you, this book is so full of such good things. We don't need to, we don't need to be alone in, in helping ourselves to be a great person. Dwelling in his presence is where true refreshment comes from. Yeah, taking some time with God. You know, that's the your chance to build yourself up you know, and so that you've got something to give. You know, when you're, my cup runneth over is one of the verses out of Psalm 23. So if your cup runs over, it means you've got something, you've got something spare. We need to get to that place, all of us. We always need to get to that place where we've got something spare. That's why you need to look after yourself and you spend time with God. And then after you've taken care of yourself, remind yourself who you are, all right? Because this is some people, well, they feel of so little value in life, but you are worth it. You are worth it to God. Here we go. Uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, it says this, blessed, 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 blessed. It doesn't say that many times, but I just want to say it that many times. Blessed, blessed, blessed is a person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. They'll send down the roots to the stream, and it doesn't fear when the heat comes because... His roots are deep down in the stream so the heat can come, right? You know some situations in your life and, whoa, the heat has come, all right? But you're not going to die because your roots are deep down in the stream. Are your roots deep down in a stream, all right? Uh, the leaves are always going to be green. That means you do always have something to give. Your cup can still overflow and run over in those times. It has no worries in the year of drought. And, 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 I'll, and I was thinking about that, a whole year of drought. Oh my goodness, that's a long period of time where it can, life can seem very barren. But if you've got deep, deep well, there's always something to give, all right? And then your never fails to bear fruit. We can always be fruitful for God no matter what we're going through. You know, there's a, an old, old song. It says, turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. It's a wonderful um, chorus, and that is so true. When we magnify the Lord, he becomes big, and we suddenly realize this great, big, wonderful God that we've got that belongs to us, that loves us, he is the one that's going to sustain us and help us through those difficult times, the year of the drought and etc. All right. Psalm 139 and verse 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. John 15, chapter 16 says, I chose you. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, he chose us to be adopted as his children. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, God chose you. All right. Have you got it? God chose you. God chose you. You're special to him. All right. You are very, I told you, you are worth it to him. Uh, never doubt yourself. You can be strong in the Lord. You can be dignified in every sense of the word. Um, so let's be a dignified people that God calls us to be. Let's be the best we can be to help other people. Let's do good. Be dignified. Have integrity. Be godly. Be of noble character. Inspire others. Be temperate. 
look after yourself so that we can be the best example for Jesus. We can have, be dignified in all that we do.